How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Hello and welcome to Better Living, a show about the people and organizations that make an impact in our area. I'm your host, Nick Carissimi. A returning group on the show today to update us on what they've been doing over the last year and a half. We will finish off today's show with Triggers Toys co-founder Stacy Townsend, but we start off with her husband and fellow co-founder, Brian Townsend. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad that you're back. Uh, you just kind of click with certain people when you're doing interviews, and you were definitely one. I wanted to see what Triggers was up to, and luckily, um, there's a lot to talk about. You guys are busy. <laughs> there, There is a lot to talk about. We have come by leaps and bounds, and uh, it's the hardest working, it's the hardest non-paying job I've ever done in my <laughs> life, I can tell you that right now. And you're one of the one of the few. Uh, we were talking about this. We, we almost talked too much off air, so we're going to have to kind of rehash. But sure. for people that don't know, you have a full-time job, and then you also do this as another full-time job. That is absolutely correct. And my wife, uh, she has a full-time job, and we have two small children, and... Uh, we do this basically what we call quote unquote on the side, even though it feels like a full time job. Are you, know, you worried it's... that life is getting too easy for you now? <laughs> Aren't you worried that you just have too much free time? You know, it's what's funny about it now is is my kids. Uh, I'll give you a good story because uh, I lost it when it happened. But my daughter, she's five. She just started kindergarten two weeks ago. Came home from school. I was in my office working, and she came in and she's like, "Daddy, I want to show you my piggy bank." And I was like, "You know what? Not now, sweetheart. I you got to give me a few minutes." And uh, and she's like, no, I want to count how much is in it. I was like, sweetheart, I promise we will. And I promise we'll buy you a new toy or whatever you want to do with it. It's your money. You can do whatever you want with it. And she's like, no, daddy, I, I don't want a new toy. I want to give it to Trigger's Toys. Waterworks. Man. Done. Over. But you know what? I might not be the best at everything, but I'm pretty good at that. <laughs> that's, that is, for me, that's what it's all about. And, and that's what's kind of changed even evolved for us too because our kids are involved in it. I mean, it, do you feel like you're raising young philanthropists? I mean, I don't know, you know. I mean, I don't know. We're trying. Sure, philanthropists, good people giving back, people that care about others, put put others before themselves. I mean, I think they're more life lessons than anything. And what's going on with Houston right now is a perfect example. People yeah. are dropping everything, hopping in boats and doing all that. I mean, that's that's kind of the human spirit all along, but what people have to do is do it when there isn't crisis. And so um you have to do it every day, and and you can do your part by starting your organization, which I don't know if I'd recommend everybody because it's so hard, or joining an organization and getting involved and getting your kids involved. You know, it's it's a really uh, humbling thing that's been going on. It's it's wild, and so we have we have just grown and grown and grown since last time. I mean, it's crazy what's happened. Uh, so let's talk about it before we even talk about growth. For those that aren't familiar with Triggers Toys, who are you guys? What do you do? So Triggers Toys uh, was has evolved into to many different things, but uh, what it what it does now, our mission is to alleviate the financial and emotional stress of critically ill children and their families. I mean, that is the full mission of exactly what we do. Meaning, um, we are trying to help those that are in need, and 
it has evolved into what we are now calling the Triggers Toys Therapy Program. This started out as giving some toys away to some kids in some hospitals uh, when I was out of work and single. And uh, I think the first year we raised $500 with the toys and gave them, gave them away to now uh, running the Triggers Toys Therapy Program, giving hundreds of thousands of dollars away uh, to two facilities that um, need to hire a full-time physical therapist to work with kids to partner with underfunded facilities that might not have the grand scheme of some of the hospitals around the Metroplex that might be a little bit off the radar but are close to closing, where families and their children their children are have such special needs that they don't have anywhere to take their kids under four or under five. They don't have anywhere to take their kids, so these parents can't work. And they don't have anywhere to take their kids, so what what is their future? They have nowhere to take their kids and they can't work. Like that is gut wrenching. Up and up. Gut wrenching. So places like uh for example, Brian's house. I we came across this working with SVP with Tony Fleo, who you've interviewed in the past. Uh Social Venture Partners, they introduced us and I got to know the people that run it. Abigail Erickson is a amazing person who is running kind of the day to day facility. And um they needed a full-time physical therapist. That was their major need at the moment. And so I have committed to $100,000 minimum in a 12-month period, which we will do that in half the time, to give them where they have been able to hire a full-time physical therapist. The kids are able to get um, – so the government, what we've learned, is is willing to give or gives about 10 pieces of physical therapy a uh, a year to kids. By doing what we're doing at Brian's house, the children are able to get at minimum 30 minutes every day, six days a week for a year. So what we've seen is the kids that we were hoping that could possibly walk in the future are Mm -hmm. walking in months, not years. These kids that have speech issues or whatever needs, they they are like by leaps and bounds. The parents are able to work. They're able to have a normal life. They're able to drop off their kids. They're able to accept more kids. And it's just this amazing feeling to go in and go, wow, I, we really had a part of something. And it was all created by working with SVP and their social venture partners, them bringing in some of their young professionals, taking a look at our organization, going, here's what I think we could do together and kind of honing it in because my wife and I don't have experience in this. We kind of did this off the cuff. Mm-hmm. And um, we wrote an entire business program. We have, um, you know, all these people helping us, and then we worked with uh, Brian's house to make sure that this therapy program is done correctly. And then I just recently partnered with the Community Foundations of Texas, which is a massive organization that they do North Texas Giving Day, which is yeah. one of the most amazing Huge. things. But so I will actually give; they're almost like a bank for me. I don't, I don't really know how else to explain it. I will give them the money into a fund, and then I will say, I need you to give $50,000 to Brian's house. Here are the parameters of the program I want the money to use for. And then Community Foundations of Texas will ensure that the money is used exactly like we stipulate and be able to get testimonials and all the stuff because I believe that um, the people donating money should be able – the donors should be able to talk to and have an understanding of where the money goes. And for me, transparency is the number one thing for everything. So if I don't take any money personally, the money should absolutely be transparent all the way through from start to finish. So I don't want people to ever worry about how we're using uh, funds. 
So real quick, we talked before SVP got a hold of your organization, yeah, and now we're after it. So Tony uh, from Social Venture Partners has been on the show twice. It's an amazing organization. If you don't know, they basically take worthy young organizations and help mold them into becoming a better organization. They optimize what you're doing. So, yes, it's basically this, like was, Shark Tank for, for <laughs> entrepreneurs, for it, like nonprofits. Yeah. Was it, did it just go into overdrive once you? Overdrive. I mean, everything changed. Um, you know, I have, uh, for the last year since, since we have sat down, man, did they put me through the ringer. And, and rightfully so. It, we needed to be in a certain place, and it's all back of the house stuff. There's, it, we didn't change anything. We, we didn't change our mission. We didn't change anything. They just took all these crazy ideas that we had and said, okay, we need to, we need to really dial it down to find out really who you are and really who you want to go after. You can't, as of today, you literally cannot help everybody. So you have to really choose who it is you want to help. And then they really wanted to dive into really the mission, the mission statements, how to write, the, how to how this program is going to work, and it's a it's a very kind of look at it as a business model. Um, and as much as I hate using that term, it actually is completely true. You have to really know who your base is and who you're going to help. And so they they challenged me. I had homework, and I had my goodness, it was it was so hard, but so amazing. One of the things that is interesting about you mentioning that is that what I've seen over the time that I've been doing the show is that the more laser focused an organization is, the more successful that organization is. Yeah. If you just want to help feed people, it's you got to be more specific to really make a dent and really get something done. Yeah. Your organization is still kind of open-ended to a certain extent with yeah. how you use the funds and where they go and what projects you want to leap into. But you said that you have pared it down and focused more. Absolutely. So is this open-ended structuring for you guys, is it still one of the things that you like about it? Or do you still feel like you got to focus in more? No, really one of the big things was, you know, they they really asked me a lot of questions that I had to have. To be honest, I had to check myself. Um, and it, it kind of hit me. I didn't know that was going to come. It, it really kind of like was a kick in the chest. And they were, you know, asking me, number one, who is it that I want to help? And I was like, I want to help all kids that have medical issues. And they're like, okay, that's really broad. Um, and really where I, I started really structuring it was I want to help uh, facilities that really need help, um, that are underfunded, that have maybe low socioeconomic um, issues, that, that we could go in and see real change. Uh, and it, it's been, it's been a really kind of an amazing thing to see. And I can't believe we're doing it. I can, I, can, I mean, it's just insane to see how we're doing this. I, I never, I mean, I raised $500 the first year and here we are raising hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. It's just I saw Crazy. on your I saw on your website, which is triggerstoys.org, that you guys have raised over five hundred thousand dollars to improve facilities. I know you guys are well beyond that. Well, yeah, that Do probably you know needs to get updated. Where <laughs> where are you guys at now with the amount? You started at five hundred dollars. Roughly, where are you guys at now? So we're let's see. We started in two thousand nine, and it was just me and my girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife. Five hundred dollars the first year. I think like fifteen hundred the next year, and then it really kind of took off from there. But we will have raised over a million dollars this year. Congratulations. And, um, yeah. I uh, I can't wait to kind of have the money uh, in the account. We have a big event coming up, which I know we're going to talk about, but that'll that'll kind of solidify well over a million dollars. 
But to think about the fact that we're at a million dollars, it's me and my wife. We don't have, I mean, we have an advisory board and some people that help us um, and they are instrumental and so helpful. But uh, they're really our friends and people that we really count on that that uh, challenge us as well. We don't have a bunch of sit, people sitting at a table being yes men or women. It, it is, you know, hey, I want to, we need to dive into this, but being able to raise a million dollars, it's, <laughs> I wish I was as good as this in my professional life. <laughs> <laughs> um, but are you saying that you haven't really expanded the organization? No, we have. What well, you know, we've expanded what we, what we're doing. No, as the far money as like personnel, employees, these kind of things. No, we don't have any employees. So it's still just you guys it's that are doing just this? just me and Stacy. Wow. <laughs> and, and I take zero dollars. I figured that you guys would have brought somebody in to do something for you guys no uh the only person that is paid on a daily basis is i had to uh, hire a cpa uh but it's he even is taking a massive discount because of the fact that it's a nonprofit. but i have to have someone look after the books it's not what i do and it's not what i'm good at and you know i think probably in the next six months we're probably going to do a self-audit on ourselves just to make sure that we can talk to our donors to make sure they know I mean, you know, I'm really upfront that we want to be as transparent as possible and it's public record on our taxes and everything else. So look it up. Um, it's, uh, you know, I, it's hard doing a professional job and a and a nonprofit job, but it's important to me. It's kind of what I said in the beginning, and I'm not going to change. I'm not going to change for anybody unless they're challenging me to be better. I'm not have, gonna... have people tried to get you to open the doors and bring some employees on? Yeah. For sure, and I've I've considered it, and that I really but have. you still had a hard stop on that. I did because it I, seems like once you're at the million dollar range and doing what you guys are doing as fast as you're doing it, it almost seems like you would be begging for somebody to come in and do something. No, I I understand. Maybe I'm a glutton for punishment, but <laughs> you know, for for me, I don't know. I I really don't know where I want to go from here. I'm so happy at what we're able to do that I just kind of want to keep doing that for now. Unless somebody can change my mind in a positive way, but it has to be with our absolute morals involved. And if I was going to ever hire someone, which I don't know if I can do, that means we have to be a lot bigger uh, to be able to justify it. And for me, I don't know. I mean, we are really raising a lot of money in my eyes. You know, two, $300,000 a year is, is significant. That can help a lot of people. And, you know, if we were still raising that money and I had to bring on an employee and pay him 50 grand, well, that's 50 grand I'm not giving someone else. Mm-hmm. That's the way I look at it. So, um, I don't know. People ask me all the time where I want to be five years from now with this. And I said, I don't know. I, I haven't decided whether I want to make this a lot bigger, meaning I can handle all the money that comes in. That's fine. But if I were to hire a team and hire all these people, I mean, we really are going to have to get after it. It becomes and, something completely different. It is, and and I don't know if I want to go there. You know, for me, I, to be involved with our organization, you know, whether you're a volunteer or you're a sponsor of one of our events or you want to be a trigger story to be a beneficiary, you know, for me, it's important that they, they know where the money goes and they see it. So I actually work with the facilities and, and I take people that, that give us money. Mm-hmm. I take people to the facilities. They need to meet the families and see the people that we're helping because I don't know if you fully understand if you don't go. You can see it on TV all day long, and it really won't do anything. But if you go in there, and you you can feel it, and you can smell it, and you can touch it, and you see the kids, and you meet the families, and you hear their stories, it'll change your life. It really will. And these people are so resilient. It's insane. And these kids are so tough, and the families are so amazing. And 
off air, we were talking about the idea of not using an, a disaster like Houston as a way to get involved. Making sure that you're doing this all the time in some capacity yeah. is the greatest way to help. How do you guys adjust to an emergency situation like Houston and still keep your normal schedule going? Oh, man, that's a that's a really good question. I mean, how do you even think about something like Houston? I mean, it's worse than Katrina right now. Yeah. You know, I never... I mean, I never even, this hasn't ever come up, you know? So it's kind of like we're small, we're adaptable, and we kind of have to adapt. And, you know, for me, you know, there's, I've been sitting in some meetings where people are, are going to do some pop-ups around the city to raise money. And Trigger's Toys in this, uh, the way that I see it, and and forgive me if it comes off the wrong way, but Trigger's Toys in this, the way that I see this is irrelevant. I don't care. I'll support anybody anyway, anyhow. I will help other organizations. I will jump on board. And I, I did carpool at my kid's school today, and we raised a ton of food and snacks and stuff to send to them. I'm on, we're doing a big thing with a bunch of bartenders next week to do a pop up uh, to raise, you know, $25,000, $50,000 for relief. And I'll jump on anyone that wants to help. And if Trigger Choice is involved, amazing. And I'm glad to jump in and I'm glad to provide insight. I'm glad to fi- provide funds. If if it works out well, I have to be able to s- stick to my guns because uh, someone asked me earlier, are you jumping in and just going to give a bunch of people money? And I was like, well, that's like asking Susan G. Coleman if they're going to help the SBCA. They, you have to stick to your mission. Sure. But I will raise money for other people all day long if there's a way for me to do it. It is this this organization that Stacy and I have started is not just about our organization. It is about doing doing well for others. And if we can and we can continue to do it, I can sleep at night. I don't know if you grew up in in a charitable type family like the one that you're raising now, but did you I mean, could you have foreseen having charity and nonprofit be such a focus and such a <laughs> such a focal point in your life? No. Never. Never. I mean, I've always been I've always been charitable and and I remember growing up like I would walk in I, it's it's weird for me to have these weird flashbacks but I remember walking in a couple times to my dad's office uh, he worked from home and I remember him writing checks to church the church and um, to you know organizations but he he would never boast about it and here mm-hmm. I am on the radio going hey look at me but <laughs> I uh, asked you in so no it's it. okay but I mean it's it's a different situation right. Um, you know, I never thought that I would be doing this by any means. Uh, but doing charitable work, of course, uh, I would. Did I ever know that it would that it would hit me as hard as it has now that I have kids? Man, it's been it's been it's was been that a what really made it take over. off? I don't know. Uh, no, yes and no. Um, I think now that, that that Charlie's five and she really is starting to get it, I, I can't I can't give up. You know, and and it's so hard sometimes that I'm like, time out. I gotta. I, maybe this. Maybe I can't do this. Yeah. I mean, I, I have had that conversation so many times. It's crazy because it's so much work. And uh, and and when Tony was pushing me, there were times where I'm like, I don't think I can do this. I really don't. I don't think I can do my my job and do this nonprofit and raise a family. I don't think it's possible. But then something happens, or my wife jumps in, and she'll see. Like how I'm stressed out and she'll jump in and go, I'm going to do this and I'm going to take this over. And all of a sudden she jumps in and I see how excited she is and how fired up she is. And then it drives me and I'm like, stop being a baby, get up and get after it, like get going. And now so many people are, you know, I I looked at what's going on in Houston and I was in this big meeting and a lot of people, uh, and I I hope I don't sound arrogant by saying this, but a whole whole lot of people started looking at me going, Brian, what do you think? 
And it made me started thinking like, man, I, I kind of have a voice in our community now because we started this thing. And I'd let a lot of people down if we stopped. I'd let a lot of people down. And most of all, we'd let down the people that we're supposed to be giving all this money to. I look at who we're not giving money to mm-hmm. drive me. I don't, I don't, what drives me is not just the people that we're helping. What drives me is the people that we're not helping. Um, because it's just not enough, you know? And I don't know if we'll ever be able to do it, but it's just not enough. And you do have a lot more people looking at you. This is a successful organization. More than that, it's a unique organization, the way that you run it. Do you have a lot of people trying to kind of take your formula for how you're running it, being a full-time employee for one normal job, (laughs) like a regular person, and then doing this as well? Because I think that if somebody had the interest and the drive that you did, they could do it. That's going to be hard to find, but it seems like people always want to try and do something in in any capacity. So have you seen people kind of interested in the formula for how this organization is structured? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I mean, um, I've had probably in the last month four people come to me and say, can we go to lunch? I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit. Um, I will never discourage them, ever. I just will not. But I will be honest with them and tell them how hard it is. I mean, just just the application process – for the IRS is mm. brutal uh, in the waiting and the waiting and the waiting. And it's it's really hard. But if you're willing to really, I mean, if you really say, I am fully dedicated to this, I say, go for it. And I will sit on your board and I will help you every step of the way, all day long. Uh, and and never in my eyes is a nonprofit competing with another nonprofit. And, and if nonprofits do, I think it's a shame. I really do. Uh, for me... I have no competition out there because I don't want any competition. It's, it's, oh, you need help X. How can I help you? Sure. You know, how can we maybe collaborate together to where it hits, it fits both of our missions because I have to be able to talk to my donor base. And if it doesn't, that's okay. Let me put everything, let me tr- triggers aside for you and let me help you. Like, and that's fine. I, I don't mind. Are you on the board for other organizations as well? Yeah. So uh, I got asked to be on the board for, uh, um, organization called we volunteers i think we talked about it last time very briefly it's really cool uh we volunteers is an organization where you uh can actually volunteer time with uh with your kids meaning you can um it was a stay-at-home mom who was trying to volunteer but no one she could never volunteer they wouldn't accept their kids to volunteer so she was like, well, I'm going to start a nonprofit organization. And they have, like, buses. So you can pay, like, $25 and go deliver with your kids food to Meals on Wheels. You know? So cool. you go to, like, apartment complexes and you go and you knock on the doors and do that. Or you can do um, – you can paint, like, over graffiti. And they have all these, like, uh, social things that they do. And I think that's really cool, too. So we sat on there. I've been sitting on their board a little bit and providing insight. And, and she's amazing. And they have, like, this amazing group of – of mostly women uh, that are that are helping them, and that's a really cool. They're doing some really cool stuff too. You're gonna have to hook me up with them too. I got you. I got you. All Don't right. Worry. Um. All right. So we could probably talk for another hour, but yeah. we need to we need to focus and we need to talk about the ultimate cocktail experience, which is coming up. This is y'all's big fundraiser. Yeah. It was a big hit last year. You're upping the ante this year. It's gonna <laughs> be bigger. It. You're already saying it's gonna be bigger. And, it is. Uh, what what what's going on? What is this about? Okay, so 
if, if you don't mind, I'll talk about my professional career and why this even makes sense that we're a charity throwing a cocktail it, it party. It definitely makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So I, I work for a company called The 86 Company. The 86 Company created spirits uh, uh, by bartenders for bartenders. So we are an organization that literally has our hand on you know, the, the cusp of this cocktail movement, call it, uh, across the country and across the globe. And so I'm a partner in, in the 86 company, and it was something that I kind of went all in with. So I kind of go all in with everything, I guess. But um, because of that, we, we have gotten to be really close with the cocktail community, um, from bartenders to bar owners to, you know, chefs to everything. And uh, a few years ago, uh, some bartenders wanted to, to all get together and do a pop-up, and it's been that's where a majority of our fundraising has come from. And it's elevated itself like year after year. This is year four or five. And it's called the Ultimate Cocktail Experience. We rent out Clyde Warren Park, the East Lawn of all of Clyde Warren Park. We will have 150 bartenders from across the world. I have bartenders coming from London, from New York, from Florida, from Illinois, Oklahoma, Louisiana, all throughout Texas. Um, where else? L.A. We have 10 bartenders from L.A. getting in an RV and doing uh, five pop-ups, charity pop-ups, uh, pop-up like bars along the way to Texas to show up with a big bucket of money. Wow. And, and I told Mitch, uh, who's the bartender, I was like, keep your money. Don't give it to Trigger's Toys. Give it to Houston Relief. Adapting to the situation right there. Man, they need it. Yeah. You know? So I, I 100% on board. So it, we're going to have six bars with a seventh bar being the bubble bar that will be Vegas Casino. Each bar is a different city. So we have New Orleans, Havana, Casablanca, London, um, Mexico City, and then we have Vegas. So each one has a, a designer. There will be 150, 120 bartenders each split up on different teams, and it's kind of like a drawing process where we, we don't just put X number of bartenders on each team. We actually draw their teams. Okay. And uh, they, each one of them have a team captain. They have to have come up with their own social media platform. They have to come up with a logo. They have to come up with a, uh, a bar name. They have to make it so Havana, uh, they might have, like, Cuban coffees, and they might have, like, uh, they're going to do their signature cocktail will be the daiquiri, but they'll have a bourbon and a vodka, and they'll have to come up with cocktails based upon Havana, Cuba. And then it, we're trying to make it look like they'll have a designer that comes in, and the whole thing is going to try to look like Havana. Yeah. So it's like when you walk in, it's like you're walking into the Florida room in Havana, Cuba, and uh, you might get the best mojito you'll ever have in your life. Um, and so we really want to create this experience that Dallas has never done before. You know, Dallas has food events every weekend, it seems like. Right. So uh, we will have over a thousand people there. But the great part about it is it's not, it's the park is so big that it doesn't feel like a thousand. It feels like a hundred. There's not these big long lines that you wait in forever. Uh, the tickets are reasonable. They get a food, they get uh, uh, something to eat included in. So they get a food truck. We have three different food trucks they can choose from. They can get something to eat. They have cocktails. It's on, you know, I don't want to say unlimited cocktails, but I think, you know, everybody can get. You get a few. You can get a few. And then, uh, uh, you get to go to each city, and each city is supposed to be that experience of like as if you were in that, even that city or that country. Are you expecting a thousand? What 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 number? I think are you we'll expecting? get more than that. I think we'll have twelve hundred, fifteen hundred people, and it'll be amazing. I mean, we, you know, we have we even have Vegas, and we have fourteen blackjack tables, two craps tables, and two roulette tables. And they're all going to light up because it'll be a nighttime event on sure. Saturday the thirtieth. 
So we have that. Each one will have a dealer, and people can buy chips. And that'll be a big fundraiser at the event. Absolutely. They can buy chips and then gamble and have some fun. And then we're going to give a, a, a trip away, a round trip uh, to Vegas. So they'll get hotel. They'll get flight. They'll get a show. And this is going to be it's amazing. It's going to be epic. This is gonna it's going to be, gonna be awesome. and they And you get to get drinks made by you by the best bartenders in the world, not just in Dallas. It is going to be all around the world, and we have some significant people. I mean, we have Ian Griffiths from Dandelion in London. They just won World's Best Cocktail Bar. We have Ash Hausman from Blacktail and Dealer Irving in um, in New York City. We have uh, Ezra Starr from Drink in Boston. We have John Lemaire from Sweet Liberty in Miami. And I know some people are listening to this going, I don't know what any of that is. So Google it. Or just know that these are some of the most significant cocktail bars in the world. I mean, they are a big uh, – Sweet Liberty, for example, just won best new cocktail bar in the whole world. I mean, they're it's, it's this is a big deal. And all proceeds from this event are going to Triggers Toys, and then is it going to be diverted to anywhere else, or is this yeah. all for Triggers? Well, all of it's going to go to Triggers Toys. It's okay. a, the beneficiary is Triggers Toys, but obviously Triggers Toys – benefits uh you know i want to make sure that we fulfill our brian's house commitment which we have made uh and then we are working right now to identify some facilities in houston that uh, are going to be affected we already know i mean it's so early like um as of today when we're talking today i know this will air later but um as of today we need to identify those facilities that are going to be really hurting and there's they're underwater right now so there's there's just no way we can get there yet but we are going to divert some money to there and we're going to do it through the community community foundations of Texas so that we can make sure the money is spent the right way, that we can get feedback, that, that people that do donate to Trigger's Toys, they will have a full understanding of where the money is spent, how much is spent. And I, I let them know how much is spent and what it was spent on so they can know exactly kind of where their money is going for. Because, you know, people that donate, it, it comes from a great place. Mm. It's not just a bunch of rich people writing checks. I mean, these are, I get plenty of $20 checks, $5 checks, $10 checks. It comes from a really good place. And it, what comes from that is a lot of responsibility to make sure that you are true to who's given you that money. So for me, that's that's a significant piece that Stacy and I have really, you know, if, I'd, if I've had to buy something from Trigger's Toys, you know, St- Stacy's the biggest challenger of everybody. She'll be like, do you really, really need that? Because it's not your money. And I'm like, I understand but I have to have a CPA. Yeah. You know, I have to have, I have to have that. Anything, I'm really sorry to be able to do that. I wish, need. trust me, I wish I didn't have to, but I have to. It, it would, I would, I would really be in a tough spot if we didn't. It's smart. Somebody look after it. All right. The ultimate cocktail experience happening Saturday, September 30th here in Dallas at Clyde Warren Park. St- tickets still available at ultimatecocktailexperience.com and also, of course, at triggerstoys.org. Check us out. Dude, you guys are busy, and I love it's it. amazing. I wish you the best of luck with the uh, event coming up and uh, into the future. I know it's going to be brother. great. Brian, thank you for having me again. Thank like, you. It's amazing you asked me back. Thanks for coming back. Brian Townsend is the co-founder, CEO, and president of Trigger's Toys. Up next, we'll be talking to Stacy Townsend, the other co-founder of Trigger's Toys. Thank you again. The better half.
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 